0: Hello and welcome back to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French and today is Sunday in the third week of Easter and today's homily is called We Need Jesus. The gospel we've read today is taken from John chapter 21. But the amazing thing about John's gospel is the fact that we're never just given a plain story, a point by point recount of the facts. In the gospel of John, the evangelist tells us the story of Jesus as it happened But he wraps it up and he fills it to the brim with rich symbolism and hidden meaning. Almost nothing happens in the Gospel of John that doesn't have a deeper and more profound spiritual significance. This is what we mean when we say the Scriptures are the living Word of God. We can read them once, twice, a million times, and each time still receive new insights about life, our faith, and our relationship with God. Now We don't have time today to unpack every symbol in today's gospel, but let's just say that Peter is not just Peter. The boat is more than just floating timber and sails. The net is catching more than just fish. Breakfast on the beach is no ordinary meal, and the bread, of course, has much greater significance. I think I could probably give an entire homily on any given one of these symbols, but I just want to focus primarily on one today, and that is the boat. Here's a hint for anyone who wants to understand scripture better. If you come across a boat while reading the New Testament, it's almost always a symbol of the church, the body of Christ on earth. Now with that in mind, let's look again at today's gospel. Who is it that decides to go fishing? It's Peter, the same man to whom Christ said, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. In other words, you will be the leader of the church, the very first pope, if you will. It was Peter who said, I'm going fishing. And as the leader, you'll notice the other apostles, the other bishops, they get up and they follow him. Together they all get into the one boat and they push off. Now remember that the boat is an image of the church. And what we notice is that despite their professionalism, despite their human skills, the apostles, including Peter, all flounder around on the lake all night long and they catch nothing. Zilch, nada, zero. But then Jesus arrives. And he gives an instruction, cast your net over the other side. Probably from the other Gospels we know there was some hesitation in doing this. But they follow him. And all of a sudden they bring in a catch that is too huge to haul in, 153 big fish. But despite the size of the catch, the net never tears. It holds them all in, and Peter draws them to the shore, to Jesus. Now what does this story teach us in its rich symbolism? The church, the institutional structure with the Pope, the bishops, the priests, and all the leaders, when they're left to their own devices, when following their own human plans, are absolutely useless. They're totally dead in the water. They flounder around in the dark and they can achieve nothing on their own. But when Jesus arrives with the light of the morning, under his guidance, and when following closely his direction, the church is infused with supernatural power to draw a miraculous number of to itself 153 fish not a minor detail this was the total number of fish species the Greeks had identified at the time therefore it's a number that represents all of mankind the catechism defines the church the boat as the universal sacrament or instrument of salvation The church in the world, it says, is the visible plan of God's love for humanity because God desires that the whole human race may become one people of God, one body of Christ, to be built up into one temple of the Holy Spirit. And there's only one boat, the Catholic Church, and Jesus wants us to be caught in the net of his divine love. Unfortunately, when some people hear the language of the church, it leaves a bad taste in their mouth. Immediately their mind turns to lists of harsh rules and obligations, strict priests and nuns, institutional power, and sometimes infuriatingly, especially for my generation, corruption, immorality, and hypocrisy. Sadly for so many out there, this continues to be their image of the quote-unquote church. But it's not an accurate picture, and it's not a full picture, because it's lacking something fundamental, or rather, someone. And that someone is Christ. Now, I'm not here to deny that there has been abuses, corruptions, and misuses of power in the life and the history of the Church. But I do deny that those faults have anything to do with Jesus the Saviour, who lived and died and rose for our salvation because He loves us with an infinite and divine love. The faults which exist in the institution of the Church, the human faults, are made by sinful people like you and me, It's like the apostles floating around on the lake, doing it their way under the cover of dark. When they're on their own, they were useless, and they failed to draw to themselves even a single fish. But when Christ comes with the light and He leads the church, directing Peter and the apostles according to His will and not theirs, all of a sudden, the supernatural power and the identity of Christ's own church shines forth and draws all people towards itself and ultimately towards salvation. This is why it is essential that the Church remains faithful to her teachings, preserving and teaching without fear the life-giving truth that it has received from Christ Himself in Scripture and tradition. So many problems in the Church have arisen from trying to do it our way, according to human wisdom and whatever happens to be the trend of the day. The Church indeed needs to be active in the world, to engage with the culture but never to bend the knee to culture, especially when it's running contrary to Christ's own teaching. Just as the Church needs Jesus at the centre to be its true self, so it is with our spiritual lives. If we live our Catholic faith out of a sense of routine, or out of mere habit or a sense of obligation, we're missing the exciting part and the central point of our faith. If our faith is nothing more than a cultural norm, or an incidental aspect of our personality, then it's not real faith, just as the institutional structure of the church on its own is not the real church. Real faith requires relationship with God. Daily conversation with the risen Christ who loves us, and as we heard in the gospel today with Peter, he asks desperately for our love in return. So on a practical note. A concrete, real-world method of us loving God as He asks us to do is daily prayer. To get to know the person of Jesus. To take at least 10 minutes to stop whatever it is we're doing. Stop listening to whatever podcast, music, TV show, whatever, and just offer that time to God. If you can get to the church during the day, that's great. But if not, just find a quiet room for a few minutes. Now, we probably all know the rote prayers of the Our Father, the Rosary, Divine Mercy. These things are beautiful. But if conversational prayer with God is new to you, this is what I would recommend. Light a candle and get a holy image or a cross just to help focus your mind on what it is you're doing. Become aware of your breathing and slow down. In Hebrew and Greek, the words for breath and spirit are the same thing. Allow the Holy Spirit to enter. Make the sign of the cross and begin with a simple phrase. Lord, I place myself into your presence. Make your love known to me. And then wait in silence for at least five minutes. Don't talk. Just listen as best you can. If you get distracted, don't panic. Just simply repeat the phrase aloud and continue to listen. After those few minutes are over, if there's anything in the world that you are thankful for, or need God's help with, then I would recommend that you say those things to God. You bring those things to God, but you say them out loud in full sentences as you would speak to another person. That way your thoughts don't drift off into nothingness and you're able to formulate full ideas of what it is that you're asking of God. Speak to God as if you're speaking to your closest friend. And if you set aside 10 minutes to pray, Stay for the whole 10 minutes. Don't walk away at 9 minutes and 30 seconds. I don't know why it happens this way, but God often speaks to us in the very last moments of prayer. I think if we continue to do this every day for just 10 minutes, your spiritual life, our spiritual life will be transformed. In my experience, when we pray to God in this way and have a relationship with Him, the scriptures come alive and they begin speaking directly into our life situations. The love and mercy of God in the sacraments of the Eucharist and confession become more palpable to us. Your moral life begins to improve as the Lord helps us to question and heal sinful habits in our lives. The significance of your generosity to the parish and to the poor takes on greater meaning. And coming to Mass becomes an action of relationship, not obligation. Just as a prayerful relationship with the Lord gives value to the actions of our own Catholic faith, faithful adherence and service to the teachings of Christ shine forth the true faith face of the church as the Lord's instrument of salvation. Let our prayer today that we become prayerful and faithful members of Christ's holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. Let us pray. Lord, we place ourselves in your presence and ask that you reveal your infinite and divine love for us. As we participate in the Eucharist today as a sign of your enduring love for us, offered to us through the ministry of your Holy Church, we ask that you open our hearts to receive you. Pour out your grace on us today, that we may set time aside for you, today and each day of our lives, to grow in relationship with you, and allow your heavenly grace to slowly transform our lives and make us living and active members of your church on earth. We ask this in your holy name, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy The Average Shepherd, please share it with your friends and family online. Thank you and God bless.